All right, everyone, welcome back to Zyori Plus One. We're in the cadence now, and I'm excited to do a Web3 episode. We've got a name you might recognize if you're around the CyberKongs community. It's Henry the Grape. He's a voice all over the Twitter spaces and, uh, of course, all over the Discord. I'm excited to get to know him a little bit better. We've never talked before this meeting in a couple of minutes here before starting the recording, and uh, I'm also kind of new to CyberKongs. I've had a VX for a little while. I just picked up a Genesis, so I'm due to maybe cheat on my homework a little bit and be able to go right to the source here and ask some of those new questions that might be lurking in the white paper. I did skim it, but you know how it is. Reading white paper after white paper, it's hard to digest. But Henry the Great, my friend, thank you so much for making time for me. Welcome to Zyori Plus One. How you doing, man? I'm doing awesome. Yeah, thank you for having me. And that intro was just so smooth, so smooth. So um, yeah, excited to be here. Um, I know you've been in the community. I know you picked up a gen. And like we just all noticed your engagement. It's it's like one of the coolest parts of the community is when somebody comes in and they're they're active and they care, uh, especially in Kongs. Like that's something that we kind of hold uh, hold dear to our hearts uh, is people who care about us. So yeah, definitely noticed you and happy to be here to chat Web three Kongs, whatever it is we want to talk about, right? Totally. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. And I always felt like I missed the buck on actually both Board Ape and CyberKongs. I remember when Board Ape was happening, but it was right as I was starting at Axie and like learning about Web3 from a full-time perspective for the first time. And I, I truly felt overwhelmed with information. Like, I'm sure that this thing is going to pop off and maybe there's something here, but I had never minted an NFT before. I was still in this headspace of like, I don't know who these people are. I don't really get this. There, maybe this is just speculative hype. I was still afraid to get wrecked. You know, my risk to cal uh, tolerance wasn't quite calibrated. And then it, it sort of happened with CyberKongs as well, where there was a huge Axie community crossover there, right? A ton of Axie whales got super into CyberKongs. So it was right there in front of me. But again, I still just felt overwhelmed with general Axie stuff. I mean, that was such a roller coaster as someone who came on board going from Web 2 to Web 3 right before that bull run. So I feel like I'm still catching up a little bit. You know, I, I finally made my way back to CyberKongs. And you guys have been much more resilient than some of the other, quote, blue chip communities that I've had my eye on, maybe a couple of them in my wallet. Um, some of them are turning out to really just be Web 2 companies that raised a shitload of money selling NFTs. And there's maybe nothing inherently wrong with that, but very different than what I thought I was buying into. Um, and it seems like you guys have stayed much more true to that sort of blockchain Web3 ethos. Oh, I can already tell I'm going to love this conversation. It's funny <laughs> because the other day when you messaged me, it was about a tweet uh, and it'll come to me which one it was where you just said like, like I'm paraphrasing saying like this really resonates with me or i feel the same way and it was about web3 in general i believe and, and maybe the future of web3 and you're exactly right like we we have charted our course um and that doesn't mean that there aren't going to be course corrections at time uh at certain times you know in 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 the lifespan of cyber kongs um but to kind of go back to what you were saying and then i'm going to come back to this point jumping a little bit those early days, like who would have ever known? And when I say the early days, I'm talking like early uh, 2021, late 2020. Like who would have ever known what was actually coming out of that time period? Um, you know, Board Ape Yacht Club, I was, a, I was an ape before I was a Kong. And uh, for whatever it's worth, and I have a ton of friends in apes, uh, friends with the community manager of apes, like got a lot of friends rocking ape PFPs. And I would go in that Discord. Now keep this in mind, 
internet culture, I'm talking like chat rooms, other than the old school days of like AOL Instant Messenger uh, and the chat rooms of AOL, I kind of like took a hiatus from that in my adult life. It, it w I was not somebody who was into gaming other than like occasionally playing with my brothers. So the internet culture itself, I had to learn a lot, man. Like I'm 40 years old. I have three daughters. Uh, I have a business I run in real life. Um, and, and so like, I had a lot of catching up to do as far as like how to even interact with people, right? Like just like Harold as an example, which is a really popular meme in not just cyber Kongs everywhere. I didn't even understand what Harold was to be completely honest. And so I remember going into apes, uh, into the ape discord. I would try to hang out in there. I would try to almost fit in. And I just remember like nobody would talk to me or if they did talk to me, I just never felt like I was really part of the conversation. I might get one person that replied. Um, and one day my brother said, you, we got to check out Kongs. There's something different happening over there. Kongs had already minted, by the way. This was June of 2021. And I went into Kongs and it was like getting into a hot tub. It just had a totally different vibe. Uh, for once, I felt like in a, I, I hadn't really been into PFPs much. I had flipped some gutter cats, things like that. But it felt like the first time where like people were willing to just give information and I didn't feel stupid and they were accepting and just like really, really helpful. And that was back when there was 300 people in the discord, maybe even less than that at the time. Babies had just started breeding theoretically. Like, I mean, maybe we were up to a hundred babies or something yeah. like that, but it, it hadn't, it hadn't turned into what it eventually turned into. So like to, to miss those things was so easy. Cause like at the time who would have known, right? Like who would yeah. have known? And so to circle back to that point, yeah, we've, we've charted our course. Um, we've started, like we got our act together. This was a project that Mio started with just like for art, nothing more than that. And so to, to juxtapose that with Yuga Labs, which really set out to do something, like they had a plan. Um, CyberKongs didn't from day one. It was just a community that vibed with a ton of people, to your point, from Axies. Ton of people, Coco. Wow. Um, I mean, tons of Axies uh, that, that really helped form the community. And, uh, and here we are now, what, two plus years later, still yeah. well, that's, trucking along. That's great context, though, where I hadn't realized that it was really just created for art and then had evolved so organically. I guess I had maybe assumed that there was a, a little more of the, this vision where we're at now with Banana and this whole ecosystem. I, I had thought that it's so well designed that maybe that was part of the original vision. So now I'm even more curious about what what is the structure? You know what it, what is the business? Um, it do do we call CyberCons a DAO? I don't hear people say that very often. But like, is do we consider this a DAO? No, no, uh, no, it's, no. It's not a DAO. Yeah, okay. specifically not a DAO. That doesn't mean that we haven't gone to the community to ask their opinion sure. um, because we have the. Um, we have OO governance, if you will, which is where we've gone, whether it was with play and collect, whether it was changing the price uh, of uh, a name change on chain. It used to be, don't quote me, 100 banana. Then I think we reduced it to 10. So we do go to the community with major decisions. Um, not every decision because it's not a doubt. Sure. But if there's something that we want the opinion of the community on, we, we definitely will go to the community. But at the end of the day, uh, CyberKongs is an LLC. And our founder is Mio. And it's it's hard because it's like we're in a decentralized space. 
but to operate with certain two partners to be able to conduct business in some ways, you kind of do have to have a, when I say an organizational structure, you kind of do have to have that. Um, and so we sort of float in between because at the end of the day, we're an LLC, but Mio is, is the owner of CyberKongs and uh, council is, you could look at it as like advisors, if you will, just part of the community that, that help steer the ship because it takes a lot of people to steer the ship. Um, and I think as we go on, we will continue to get more organized, but I think it will be impossible for us to ever um, kind of stray away from this. I don't want to call it Puritan Web three ways, but we really do want to make sure that our ethos reflects a decentralized um, Web three community mm -hmm. versus it's tough. You said it like you have these NFT projects that have that are really Web two brands. I get it. It's it, I get I I understand it, but I think Cybercoms want to try to do as best as possible maintain our Web three decentralized presence. Yeah, well, one of the things that stood out to me um, is how the, the Kongs community has been able to build things that would ordinarily be inefficient if it were more centralized. As an example, in Sandbox, you can use the VXs and they have all sorts of different movements and gestures and stuff that are customized, right? It's my understanding that was a kind of a community source type project. When you actually have people rally, you start to see the positive side of a decentralized type community because it's like BitTorrent. Everybody can contribute a little bit. And as a community, you have all these really cool features that a centralized company would go, man, that's that's a lot of dev hours to build that. It seems like a pretty risky investment. Like, is that actually going to sell any more of our, our collection or whatever? And as a community, sometimes that's not necessarily what the community is maximizing for. They can maximize for expanding the utility or just making it better. You know, we built this house, so why not make it the nicest possible house that we can sort of mentality? Um, that is the, the plus side. And I was also attracted to the fact that the Genesis Kongs are a 1K. Um, I'm not sure where that an initial architecture came from, but that seems to be genius relative to the plethora of 10Ks out there and then using the, the VXs in a much more strategic way where they're not just like a, a kennel club type add-on, um, but you still have this kind of grail. You know, the Genesis feel like what you get out of a 10K, but mashed into a 1K. It's very unique. I don't know that anyone else has that that exact same architecture. It seemed like the the 10K and the 20K was the much more common archetype that people were copy pasting from each other. It is really unique. So think of this: uh, February of 2021, when Mio was sort of conceiving CyberKongs. Um, Mio is a tattoo artist. He it was the middle of COVID. He was just looking for, if you want to call it, some COVID relief and and to do something that was fun. So he put this on an open sea contract for 0 0.01 ethereum and like dude literally did not think anybody would care about these um and so that's what makes kong so different is it really like it has been as organic of a project as as there could ever be i'm not saying that there's not other projects that are organic and maybe not mm -hmm. as organic as kongs there could be but I don't know how you get more organic than what CyberKongs is, what the real genesis was, which was like the Discord wasn't even created until two days after the sale started. Because like Mio didn't think anybody was actually going to be caring about these. And next thing you know, they kind of became a thing. And then you had this – it's fun to look back at some of these conversations to see these, these people that were like, hey, this is really cool. 
but we need to find a way like 1000 isn't enough if we want to be a community that can represent using a pfp let's find a cool way to be able to introduce more mm-hmm. and that was where the idea of breeding came in like to expand the community it to expand the community in a way where the community got value out of it not where the pro when i say not that the project did the project did not sell baby kongs there was no banana was burned it didn't go to the, the to the kongs treasury so it was a very very organic unique way of kickstarting yeah. an nft project um and it's been you know li- th- there's ups and downs right web3 has ups and downs but it's been a really being behind the scenes it's really interesting to see how we make decisions um and and what the future for kongs what we hope it holds because i feel like we are so different than so many other projects out there everybody thinks that about their own project yeah and i can understand why but i genuinely when i see the things we've done i'm like and i see the (laughs) things we're doing i'm like no but we we don't just talk the talk i think we walk the walk yeah it's funny you say that though because the first time i talked to an axie community member that is like a mystic holder that now i I would say i'm pretty good friends with it was at NFT NYC that first year. They're like, dude, the CyberKongs community, it just has a great vibe. It's so many cool people. And my immediate reaction was, yep, I've heard that about 50 times this event. Everybody's yep. community is the, the cool cats community. You know, and not to say that each community isn't cool in its own way, but it's it's very much an eye in the of the beholder sort of thing. But what I have observed is that it, it seems like even hearing that you run a business in, in real life, right? I have a degree in entrepreneurship. I've been running business and starting LLCs basically since I graduated in my early 20s. And it seems like there is some kind of Venn diagram with the Kongs community. I'm not sure how you guys have done it, but it seems like you guys have attracted a more entrepreneurial sect of the the Web3 PFP type people that go to these events and are kind of around in this community that we both participate in kind of um, in, in different sectors. And it, it seems like that happened pretty organically, but most of the Kongs I've met run businesses or are employed gainfully or are very smart, thoughtful people, like not just programmers, there are some, but a lot of just like regular people that don't need this, but do this because it's a fun hobby for them when they're not running their already successful business in the real world. And that I feel like gives you so much insulation as a community where you just, you have folks that, are, are good critical thinkers just in, in general, you know, um, they speculate, but they do it in a slightly more type mature way. I mean, I'm generalizing here, but that's so far been my anecdotal takeaway. Um, certainly compared to some of the other communities that I've attended events for, you know, you're, you're spot on. And by the way, it was like this from the very beginning. It was that type of vibe that attracted me to cybercons because I think we tend to attract a slightly older crowd uh, by the way, um, my 16, almost 17 year old daughter is a, is a Kong. She got a VX Kong uh, a little over a year ago. Uh, and so like, I do think that we resonate with, um, with the younger crowd as well. Um, but Kongs attracted and, and continue to attract a slightly, I don't even want this to come across in an arrogant way, but like a, a, an older crowd, a slightly more experienced crowd, um, you look, you've been in Gen Hall. Um, that's obviously one of our channels for Genesis Kongs. And it's just a very chill vibe. Keeping in mind, there are people in Gen Hall that probably paid 150, 175 Ethereum for their Gen Kong. And they know what the price of a Gen Kong is right now. But they're not in there just like, oh, what's happening to my bags? Where's what? They just, they realize this is part of the journey. 
I still say like we're really early. We're like really, really early still. Um, even though people look at charts all the time and they judge a project by nothing more than a chart, mm -hmm. we're still really early. So I think that foundation of those type of people, the big brains, whether it's the devs, whether it's the business owners, whether it's the creative people, we have a really highly concentrated group of talented people across all spectrums. And it's one of the coolest part of Kongs because I always say I would put our team uh, pound for pound up against any team in Web3 when it comes to talent. Straight up, I work with these people every single day, um, whether it's Kale, whether it's Ant, whether it's Enzo and, and uh, Sniggy, Word and Alpha and, and the council. Um, Adzi is our collab manager. We just have a talented group of people that are not afraid to work. And, and they all share this vision of what we're trying to build for the future. And it's that, it's that part right there that keeps me um, completely engaged in Kongs. And it keeps me dedicating a lot of time to Kongs because I seriously think, I, I don't just say it, I seriously think that we are, we're pioneers. Um, other projects are too, but I think we're pioneers. Yeah. And we're pioneers of a space that we don't even know what it's going to look like five years from now. Like we don't even have a clue, but we're early. We're here to build. We're here to innovate. We're here to form this awesome community. And you know what? If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But yeah. nothing has made me feel like I'm wrong I, so far. God, again, that that's great framing. I've That's sort of how I have justified my move going from, you know, Web 2, Dota 2 caster. I had gigs. I, From the outside perspective, it seemed like I was doing okay. Some people thought I was absolutely batshit crazy to give that up. Dude, you're like the CEO of a startup. It's It's been around for six years. It's finally not like underwater. You're going to throw that away now to go all in on this like Web 3 Pokemon shit? Like, are you serious right now? And I... I couldn't have been more right. I mean, I sort of got lucky. I, I, I had been watching it for a while. The writing was on the wall. I didn't think that bull market was going to happen the way it would as quickly as it would right after I joined. That part was certainly lucky, right place at the right time. But um, it, was, it was a big jump. And I, I think I finally got into this headspace of this thing I'm in now is going to flatline at best. The growth is done, and I think it's going to start to decline. I got I to gotta take a risk on something new. I got here in this current thing when people told me esports was never going to work. I started in 2010 when I was still studying in undergrad and people would say to me all the time, no one's ever going to pay you to watch someone else play video games. What kind of a thesis is that? Good work, Sprout. Maybe you should get a job first before you give it all up to go, go talk about video games. And of course, they couldn't have been more wrong, right? So I've, I've kind of seen that pattern before and sink or swim, it's like, I, I would rather crap out trying to do something cool on the cutting edge than get stuck playing it safe and being stuck in that kind of system forever. As an entrepreneur, being bored is like my biggest fear in the world. So I, I just resonate with that vibe very much, man. Oh, dude, I, lo like, I love that. I love that. And, and the reason I love that is because you've experienced that before, right? Um, now, I said I'm 40, but I'm going to be honest with you. I uh, so I, I'm, a, I'm a high school dropout. I went into the military when I was 17, and I had to grind, bro. Like I just had to grind and grind and grind to get to where I am, and I'm I'm thankful for everything that I have. Um, but at the end of the day, I didn't have those opportunities presented to me before. You know, like I wasn't during the tech boom, uh, the dot com boom. Like I was. Um, at that point, probably a mid-teenager, 15, 16, something like that. I didn't get in on any of that stuff. Uh, IPOs where people you know, probably made 
fat wads of cash. I didn't have any cash to throw into that uh, at that time. Um, and so at the end of the day, this was an opportunity that I saw that somehow, well, I'll tell you why it clicked for me. Um, whereas you saw it being a, you know, a gamer, an esports uh, participant, uh, I saw the usefulness of Web3 because having three daughters that did everything from Club Penguin to Roblox to Minecraft, those microtransactions on Roblox were just something where I'm like, I can't imagine actual ownership of these assets, real ownership of these assets, because I see how tied they are to these assets. Like I see in this voxelized game that I think like personally, the graphics look like crap in Roblox, personally speaking, which I know like my daughters loved it. They, I mean, I, I, I seriously remember spending $200 on some limited edition peg leg for her avatar. And it was like around Christmas. And, and I remember thinking like, you can't do anything with that. Like you, you can't do anything with that. You can't sell it to anyone. You're just stuck with it. And so the idea of being able to actually have ownership of these assets and, and, and the metaverse and gaming integrations, it just kind of like, kind of clicked for me. Having no idea that the community was actually gonna be the part that I loved the most out of all of this. And one other thing I was going to say, not to go on a long tangent here, but you were at NFT NYC. I'm sure you've been to other events. Mm -hmm. There tends to be like when you start talking to some of these people, there's some really intelligent people in Web3. And I started looking around these rooms and talking with people and networking and I just realized some of the smartest people that I've met are, are in Web3. Also, yeah. you know, some of the worst people I've ever met are in Web3. Yeah. But some of the smartest people I've met are in Web3. And that made me crazy bullish i'm like if these people see it yeah i i yeah. I, I like that no i i agree with that a lot my line uh, that often gets people to perk their ears when they're super skeptical is like dude i'm with you 95 percent of crypto is shit and and when i say that they go okay maybe this guy might have an original thought i said but that five percent it's some of the best five percent i've ever seen some of the smartest minds in the world Ooh are really building the internet of tomorrow. And if sometimes like you can hit normies with that kind of stuff and they just go, okay, tell me a little bit more. I'm still not interested, but like, ooh, I'd like to hear a little bit more about the future of tomorrow. That sounds interesting. The internet's doing new stuff, you know? Um, so anyway, I'd love to ask you, I mean, feel free if you can't answer these questions. I don't, I sh maybe should have done a little more research. I don't know what's out there and what isn't, but I am kind of curious about the structure around the cyber Kongs, like, LLC, as you put it, you know, like, like how many employees are we talking about here? Like what, what kind of runway are we talking about? You know, I don't know if any of that is, is out there, but i um, super curious if there's anything yeah. you can share with me. Sure. So uh, Mio is the, um, Mio is our founder. So when it comes to the LLC, this is Mio's company, let's say. Mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't mean in the future that that couldn't change. Um, we do not employ anyone. So we have no, you know, I'll use like uh, US terms, W2 employees. Anybody who contributes to CyberKongs does so as just a contributor, um, a contractor, if you will. But um, we have no, we have no employees, uh, technically nice. speaking. We have, we have a lot of volunteers. Uh, everyone on the council is a, a volunteer, but we do have people that get paid, you know, whether it's to manage our social media account, um, whether it's to whatever job there is in Kongs, um, as community manager, uh, I get a, a stipend we'll say, uh, from Kongs Now these are all things that I could envision as we build out like the, 
let me, I'm going to choose my words carefully because we haven't discussed this and this is not pre. Uh, I, I only imagine as we build out the ecosystem and as we continue to advance and, and we have more integrations and we have more Web2 partners, some of that's going to change. Like it just, it, some of it has to change because it is difficult when you're working with a Web2 partner, especially some of the Web2 partners that we work with to not have some of the conventional things that they would expect when you're putting together a contract. Um, and so some of those things I could see down the road um, having having to change. But because we've been in build mode for two years, now I, I won't even just say two years. So yeah, it has been two years because the baby contract was August, uh, sorry, April 17th, I believe, 2021. So you could argue that that the building began when the concept of banana started and breeding, mm -hmm. but then it went right into VXs, right? Then it went right into uh, building VXs. Then it went into uh, developing sandbox land. And so the time that all of that takes, in addition to the countless events we put on in 2021, 2022, across the world, it was literally go, 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 like straight up go, go, go. There wasn't like time for like council who is across the world to just be sitting down like, hey guys, like um, the organizational structure of CyberCongs, you guys want to meet about that now? Because everyone would be like, well, th that right now is not the most important thing. The most important thing is we need to get back on the changes to Sandbox, or mm -hmm. we need to be working on these advanced FBX files, or we need to be working on these 2D sprites, or we need to be working with World Wide Web, or Arcade, or the Sandbox, or yeah. anyone, or the world building that we're doing behind the scenes. So I think after our next Mint, I think there's going to be a little bit more time to to start really diving into to that part of the operation, which is when I say getting a little more organized on the uh, uh, on like the structure side of the house, we are, man, we are so much better than we were. Our, we're so much more streamlined than we were, but we still have like, there's always room for improvement. So um, what I can say is this structure wise, like council is a group of, you know, like we like to say we're a group of equals. Personally speaking, I always want to default to to Mio and uh, and and Coco with some of the really big decisions that get made. Mm -hmm. um, but we all kind of have our areas that we cover. You know, like I I personally look at Coco as like CEO, even though he does not take on a Web two <laughs> title. Uh, Mio is the creative side of things. Mm -hmm. um, you have Clumsier, who's on the the you know the website, does some dev stuff. You have Owl as our lead dev. You have Sven, who does a ton of stuff on the dev side, but he also gets in on the biz dev side of things with me. He hops on any call I ever ask him to hop on. Mm -hmm. um, and then you have Lixie, who's doing a lot of the numbers and things like that behind the scenes. Um, Sebs, you know what? Sebs has been really busy with his restaurant lately, and we we know that. Sebs does uh, worked on the viewer amongst BizDev. But that's sort of like the the that's the council. Sniggy's our project manager. Uh, Word and Alpha is sort of our business manager, if you will. Wow. And then we have like Enzo on the BizDev side. We've got Adzi on the collab manager side. We have Kale on social media. And um, we have Ant Brown on the graphic side. So, so we're getting better at structure and workflow. It's and I don't want to say compartment. It's, well, here's the thing. It's gotten so much better because we used to be smaller. 
but like there was just too much. There was just too much to do. So yeah, yeah. talented team and we kind of work in pods and then we'll get together and kind of discuss things when we need to bring it like, let's say the full team. So we're getting better at it. We're getting a lot better. And honestly, this mint that we're working on has really shown me like, yeah, we're, 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 we're understanding what it is we have to do because it's probably the most organized I've ever seen us. Yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> working in web three, I definitely understand why some of the traditional things in business that I took for granted, um, matter, you know, like working in esports and these broadcasting startups, we didn't really have a lot of HR, you know, that's pretty normal in the startup world, but web three is the first place that I've seen where when you get the combination, right, all of a sudden you, you kind of hit exponential and you have so much money because it's all tied to tokens and money that like you go from okay, we don't have HR, that's normal to, whoa, we needed HR yesterday because now we need to headhunt, we need to build out this structure, we need to be able to fire on all these different cylinders, you have all these people all over the world. It's, it's a lot to manage. And I don't know if it was COVID or what, but people really take for granted how hard it is to scale and grow a remote tech company and not lose track of the culture. It takes a really concentrated effort. It's possible, but... The faster you do it, the more it compounds it. And, you know, with Web3, when it's a bull market, everything's go, 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 and you can't go fast enough. And you're hiring all these new people, and there's all these different cultures and all these different languages and all these documents being made. And just managing the documents at that scale becomes a whole thing. I had a real front row seat um, for the first time, I think, in Web3 and seeing like, oh, okay, this is the breakdown that happens when you don't have someone that can, you know, kind of own this and organize it. You know, you see all of these like, runaway problems that are really only problems if you're going viral. And it's it's great to be able to say, ah, they're good problems to have, which is generally true. But as I always used to say, they're still problems and they still need a fucking solution or um, we got bigger problems. So that's uh, good to hear. I I'm starting think, to wonder. <laughs> I'm wondering if you're actually running a Web3 project behind the scenes because um, that's really, really good insight. And, and it's, it's so truthful. Um, <laughs> It's funny because when we bring people, I say behind the veil of CyberKongs to, to start working with the team, uh, there's always this period because as a holder, you your views of what the team is doing are, are, are just different, whatever they may be, that mm-hmm. it's this magical place, that there's this, always this gargantuous plan that everybody is 24 hours a day working on, or I'm sure some just think like that we're sitting with our feet up doing nothing. Um, and, um, the reality is you get behind the scenes and you realize, and you don't even know it, even though we could tell people how much work there is to do and how like whatever you're coming on for social media, biz dev, you will be wearing way more hats than that because that's just what it is. Um, but then you come behind and you see this, the, the first couple weeks of, I don't want to say awe as if people are just like, you guys are amazing. Awe as in, wow like had no idea that there was this much going on when you see that the tentacles of the project have kind of expanded you know through web 3 past web 3 into web 2 and that each of those things each of those contact points kind of also has to have somebody managing it uh, uh those people that you've developed relationships with need a contact person and they're all over the world they're literally all over the world and so are we and so who is handling what, when are we handling it? When can you, when can you set up times to, to realign on things? It's complex. And the reality is like, we don't have it all figured out. 
uh, because we didn't start as a team of however many people I just mentioned that were like, hey, let's start Cybercons. We came together and we're like, all right, we believe in this. And um, we believe in what the future of this could be, even if we don't 100% know what that future is. We have an idea. We have benchmarks we're working towards. But what will Cybercons look like when my grandkids have one? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not 100% sure. But I, I will take a bet that my grandkids will have one. Oh, because okay. I, I, I genuinely, dude, I genuinely, of all the projects uh, that, that we're in touch with, of all of the projects that I see, CyberKongs just have something, there, there's just something different. And we have not had our time to shine when we had all cylinders firing. Because keep this in mind, the height of the bull market, um, like, of course, the VXs were cool. People were betting big on the sandbox, you know, thought the, the metaverse was going to be like the next, you know, coming of Christ. And the reality is, I think a lot of the reason why Genesis comes pumped the way that they did, not even just a lot, the reason was influencers that were pumping us for a lot of the wrong reasons. Things like passive income. We had a bot that literally erased the words passive income if somebody came into the Discord saying like, oh, I heard you can make X amount of dollars per day. We're like, no, 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 that's not what this, that is not what this is. Um, And so at at the end of the day, my point is, I don't think we have actually had the attention of the space when it was actually because of our own doing, if that makes sense, because of a a, a product that we released that people are like, oh, that's what the comms have been doing. That's what the comms are working on. And so I'll be really curious to see how the Web3 market reacts um when we start rolling out things we've been working on in this world building that we've been doing so it'll be really kind of interesting to see by the way how they react now may be completely different than how they react a year from now or two years from now totally no i i think that opens up an interesting segue um because marketing in web3 is really challenging and i don't i don't know that anyone's cracked the code not for lack of trying right and i think a lot of folks that thought they were starting to crack the code, realized it was really the macro environment and some of these runaway speculative narratives uh, that you're talking about. You know, I, I joined Axie about two years ago uh, as the esports guy. I was one of the early folks on like the international business team outside of Vietnam. And then about two months ago, I left Axie and I joined uh, Laguna Games, the crypto unicorns people. They just did a drop with... Uh, oh with CyberKongs. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah, I work in product and marketing and, uh, you know, community over there on the crypto unicorn side of the pond. So we're both in the EVM neighborhood, you know, we're basically like neighbors, just you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, side. Yeah. I didn't realize you were with the crypto unicorns. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I pr- probably should have, I, I guess I assumed, I'm sorry, how egotistical of me. I, I apologize. <laughs> um, sorry, man. Yeah. Sorry. That's, no. uh, that's actually awesome to know. You guys were very kind to the Kongs. Yeah, totally. And that, that was actually set up before I joined. So I joined and that was one of the very first activations that I saw. I was like, Oh, well that's cool. That's right in my wheelhouse. There's Something's going on over here that's pretty good. Um, and I, I also had a, a pretty lead role at AxiCon last year. I don't know if you checked out any of that in Barcelona, but I, uh, I assisted in a lot of the programming and kind of assembling the contractors that did the real hefty, heavy lifting 
to, to put that event together. I say all that as context, though, because I'd, I'd love to pick your brain around these kind of marketing narratives. And I, I would wonder, like, do you see what happened to Kongs as a good thing or a bad thing? You know, it was sort of hijacked by influencers and it wasn't your narrative, but it also did lead to number go up, which means Kongs was kind of everywhere for a moment there. Like, I, I think everybody in Web3 knew about Kongs at, at, at a certain point when things were really popping off. So it certainly had some benefits, but as you highlighted, some some p- pretty big drawbacks. Uh, and I think similar happened to Axie. I don't know if you saw the Play to Earn documentary from the Philippines um, from how was that peak bull run like 2021 at at the time we loved it and we really leaned into it like this is exactly the narrative everyone's going to love this look it's onboarding all these new users but it definitely had an opportunity cost of it really primed people to think about this is now a job and these tokens you're getting are just money and you just cash them out as soon as you get them and that that's not really a sustainable mentality obviously free market no sell shaming people can buy and sell as they want but you don't want the entire ethos of the project to be rooted in let's just sell everything because then it doesn't really doesn't really hold water, right? Yep, I think you're exactly right. Uh, like I, I don't think we could go back and change any one thing about Kongs during that time, yeah. and and still be here having this conversation. So while while it caused problems to some degree, um, you could argue that without that, maybe we wouldn't have been as widespread. Although the interesting thing was as Kongs are really starting to gain traction, like as an example for me, uh, bananas were not even anything we cared about. Like when I say we didn't care about them, it, it <laughs> like my brother told me one day, like, oh, you have bananas. Like you probably have like 600 of them now. And I'm like, the what? Like those things <laughs> that we just give away in Discord as tips, like who cares? <laughs> oh, well, like, cause you could trade them for like 38 cents or something. I'm like, oh, you can? It wasn't even part of the buying process on my end. Right. Um, and so could we have reached the same levels we would have reached as far as popularity goes uh, without th- that artificial spike? Maybe, maybe, but it happened nonetheless. And so it's part of what we have to overcome moving forward is this idea that that's all we are and that's all we were. Mm-hmm. But to go back to your point about nobody's really cracked the Web3 marketing. You're exactly right. We've used um, two marketing companies. Um, and the reality is, it, it, I'm not a conventional marketer. Like, that's not my shtick. It, I'm not even going to pretend like I'm educated to understand all of the, you know, the catchy phrases of marketing. But when you work with a marketing company that's primarily Web2, you just start to think, like, how much do these people know about this space? And I'm not dogging any of them. They were all super nice to work with. But you just think, like, if you're not in this space, how much can you understand about the mentality of the people in the space? And so what I found was a lot of the things that would be suggested were very generic. Um, it wasn't anything where I'm like, okay, so what do we need to do? Because, like, I understand tweeting, you know, three times a week with content at the optimum time on the East coast is, is, is a good thing to understand. Cool. But like, what are we tweeting? Like, yeah. what should we be doing? And so the reality is, I think now when I sit here on whatever today is April 25th, I I've had this realization lately. Uh, and it's just truth. It's my own personal opinion. The marketing matters to a certain degree, especially leading up to a mint. But the reality is right now, I think most of us know, that what people care about 
is that the price of their NFT is worth more than what they paid for it. And when I say what people that people that that's what most people care about. I I actually think like I think it'd be fair to say like 90% of web3 that's what they care about. Maybe maybe it's less than that and I would be so happy to hear if it was. Like if it was like 60% of people only care about their bags and 40% believe in this tech for the future, uh, that would warm my heart, but it doesn't feel like that. And sometimes it's really disheartening because you're just like, well, the thing is we don't control that. Like we don't control what happened right. in dairy market. All we can do is build this cool ass ecosystem that we all think is cool, that a lot of the people that were here from the beginning think is cool, but it's kind of hard to not like this past weekend in Wall Street Kongs as an example, I was bummed. I was bummed. I mean, somebody literally commented on our Twitter. You know, we've had this Twitter campaign we've been running um, for lore leading up to, to the mint. Eventually, mm-hmm. you know, we're, I, I keep saying like, this is the soft start to our marketing. This and I, I posted, yeah. I think this is the drip. Yeah. And, I, and it's specifically for holders. Like, make no mistake. And to anybody who listens to this, we've said this on Spaces. So I'll say it here. The intention of this is not to draw the attention of people outside of Kongs right now. This is to just fill the void between when we're going to start the marketing campaign for our new mint and to give our holders something like a little taste of things that we've been doing behind the scenes. And so I posted a tweet that uh, that we had posted on Friday. I think it was Friday evening, East Coast time, might have been Saturday morning. And I said, like, man, this tweet's getting really good engagement. It's nice to see. It got better engagement than our tweet the previous Friday, from, from the same type of video that we did the previous Friday. It had even better engagement. It was, like, looking really good. And, like, the first response to it was, I find these tweets or I find these videos to be meaningless. I wish you could be more like, and they mentioned another project. And, and the project that they when you pair the videos they're very similar. Um, they're very similar videos, but but obviously ours is different. It has a lot to do with our lore, world building, etc. But I was just like, it was a little crushing. I'm not gonna lie, because I knew how much work went in behind the scenes. Yeah. To this campaign, and for somebody to just like use the word meaningless, and I'm just like, wow, you don't like you idea it's not about feelings being hurt but i'm just like you don't know how much work went into that video you don't know how much time went into planning that video to kind of deliver to the community and then for like the first response to say it's meaningless that's just like it it kind of reinforced this idea in my head that a lot of people might not actually care about building things and what they care about is hey i bought a baby kong for 17 eth and uh, unless it's somewhere within 10% of that price, I, I might not really care what you're talking about. Yeah. But the future will, you know, we'll in the future if, if what I'm saying is true, like whether it is just about yeah. people's bags or if they are genuinely stoked to be part of a community that's kind of at the forefront of building in Web3. Totally. Uh, and I, I think uh, I, I hear you. It can be demoralizing when you see people just really not appreciate the amount of effort that goes into keeping some of this stuff around. And especially when yeah, there, there are moments where you feel like perhaps, hey, man, I don't need this. Not that it's selfless and it's all for you, but like maybe appreciate that like all of us could just go do other stuff. We have other options. So maybe there's just a, a world where we can be a little less polarizing. I, I definitely empathize with that. However, I also feel so lucky that I have been able to invest in this human body armor because 
most of my my professional career was spent on Twitch live. I mean, I was a play-by-play Dota commentator for like the first eight years of my career, and I just got pummeled all the time. You know, I look a little different. I used to have oh. long dreadlocks. I mean, imagine and when you know any creative outlet, right? You kind of suck until you get your ten thousand hours, and that's what makes the greats is to push through that and actually improve and you know get to that other side. So you know, at hour twenty five hundred, here's little studio Zayori, you know, at five a.m. alone in the studio casting the qualifiers for the Southeast Asian, you know, Dota two classic. It's not great. It's not great quality. And uh, yeah, everyone in Twitch chat and on Reddit are not afraid to be completely honest with you. So it really sucked in the moment. But now I'm 33 years old and in my pretty adult life, I, I have a little bit of like, I have an extreme muscle where I can read pretty heinous shit about me and kind of go, ah, you know, what, what you got to do is the internet. It's how people are. They're mean. They say the meanest thing they can think of. And eh. It says more about them than it does about me. It takes a long time to really internalize that and like believe it, you know, when you see it to not get triggered. So anyway, I, I empathize, but uh, I also feel like I was born and bred for this Web3 space, baby. Not that I'm trying to challenge people to say mean things to me, but well, I hope 4chan's not listening. No, no, I get, <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. And you know something as somebody who kind of wears it on my sleeve for the most part, and I'm just... I, I've always said the one thing I love about Web3 is I can just be me. Um, I, I, I have to. So it, people you may see in the Kongs Discord people or on Twitter, people joke that I'm a rugger. Uh, and I play into that. Like I'm, I'm the biggest rugger uh, in Web3. The reason being is in real life, I own a flooring store and we sell a lot of carpet. <laughs> so there's just, just this kind of thing where it's just become a thing. Uh, and at the end of the day, one of the things I really like about Web3 is I don't have to be the same person that I am in my store. And in my store, when you're selling something, like there's just a persona that you take on, even if it's unknowingly, like you take on this persona of like, you're yeah. selling something. So you just act a little, like if my wife heard me selling flooring to somebody, it would probably be really cringy to her. <laughs> and the one thing about web three is I'm like, I can just be me. And it's, and, and I just noticed in the last handful of months that just the vibe has been in web three in general, just very difficult. You know, it's like, it's not the same fun, you know, people aren't, I think people aren't having the same fun because I think a lot of people have lost sight of what the vision is, which is like, yeah. guys, did you seriously think in 2021 that that trajectory was not going to end like did, level okay, out a little like, bit <laughs> yeah, like did you think that that's the like oh for 10 years we're just going to be on this this spike like of course we're going to go through corrections of yeah. course we're going to go through fud we're going to go through some time where like the innovation isn't amazing like i think we're in that point right now i don't think we're seeing amazing innovation right now so i think yeah. things are a little stagnant but i know it's coming and so it's weird that i feel like some people can be short-sighted on like Guys, if this is the new version of the internet, if the blockchain is eventually going to be something that's going to have mass adoption, this is just part of the licks that we're going yeah. to take being early. Um, but I feel like some people have lost sight of that. I mean, that's humans, man. Humans are, are really bad at, at staying. Like, we are short-sighted as a, as a species, I think. Uh, maybe it's, it's an evolutionary benefit. Uh, that, that's a new thing is our ability to really visualize and think long-term on the, like, the spectrum of our evolution. And I've just noticed 
like if you know from just uh, unicorns and and Axie and all these other projects I participated in, people are really bad at visualizing a full system. Being like, okay, here's part one, here's part two, and part three hasn't been built yet, but I can kind of see it. The analogy I've often used to folks is, let's imagine we're building a pyramid, but right now we're just laying the foundation and it looks like a square. If you really can't visualize it all, you're going to think I'm crazy when I'm trying to explain to you how this is going to turn into a pyramid and there's going to be a point at the very top that's supported by the rest of it. You know, sometimes you got to you got to really expand your perspective to see that full vision. And just looking at a snapshot of now is, is just really not a fair representation of what the broader system can be once the placeholders are swapped out for full systems. Um, and the, the deeper I go, the more I realize, like, you know what? Maybe that's just normal. Maybe, maybe it's like a rare trait to be able to see systems like that. And that's what makes us builders, you know, spin it the other way. I love that pyramid uh, analogy, by the way. I am going to, not only am I going to start using it, I am going to do my best to give you credit every time I use uh, it because that is, um, I love it. That's, it's, it's just such a, it, it's such a perfect way of explaining what it is that I see. What, like I see the pyramid of Web3, not the Ponzi of Web3. <laughs> I see the future pyramid. And right now, uh, yeah, we are exactly that. We are, we we're building that foundation. Like, I don't even think it's built yet. Yeah. Um, I oh, think great. we are in the process of, of, of pouring that foundation and it just would be so cool to me to be talking. I keep saying my grandkids cause my kids already hear about it, but I just <laughs> seriously envision this time 15, 20 years from now where like, I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah. It was part of Kong's from the very early days. Uh, part of the blockchain from, you know, when I say the early days, obviously there's people way before me, but um, yeah, that's the part <laughs> that I truly believe in. I hope, I hope like our, like the particular country that I'm in uh, becomes a little more friendly towards crypto to allow for more innovation, more expansion yeah. of these ecosystems. But one way or another, it's coming. It is literally coming because enough people care about this and it's decentralized enough where I think it wins out in the end. I have this vision of, of you like passing down this like Mont Blanc pen and the ledger to your grandkids uh, in the will and they pull it out and they're like, this was my granddaddy's Ooh. cyber Kong. He's got a hidden baby in here. We never knew he had it. Like, oh man, that's uh, dude. Such a <laughs> for real. That is like a, like Henry the grape. I mean, if I make it to that point in life where that is passed down and they're just like, oh, he left us Henry, I would be – and or if my wife, you know, I died and my wife got Henry and she's like, okay, I have Henry, uh, and she cared about it, that would be a big moment. Mission accomplished. Uh, yeah. <laughs> mission accomplished. That would be so so cool. But but I do believe in some form we get there. Yeah. Um, I, I, I believe Same. that. Same. I, I think so. If I think if I didn't believe that, I wouldn't have invested so much of my personal lifetime and in, in career at this point. I was a lurker for a lot of years, didn't really have enough money to invest. And then finally, you know, gaming became the layer that was was really relevant to my my skill set. So um it's it's great to be here. I, I know you gotta go pretty soon. Uh, you know, one of the last things I just wanted to kind of ask you about as along the lines of what we were talking about, any any thoughts how to chip away at this cultural issue that we're seeing here? You know, that what you mentioned Wall Street Kongs the other day is part of it, and I, I see it with other projects, you know, like Artifact and Azuki fighting with each other, you know, Doodles doing all sorts of stuff that their audience is really upset about. And I I've been frustrated with certain things too, and sometimes I catch myself being being negative and I I don't want to be, you know, 
obtusely positive, but I try to be constructive, right? Not just complain about stuff. And I felt my, myself get sucked into it. And, you know, I'm not here just for the speculation, but I also like making money. And I have plenty of investments that I'm down bad on, real bad. And I can totally empathize with the psychology of that doesn't feel great. And even though we always say only invest money you can afford to lose, the reality is that a lot of people don't follow that advice. And they invest money that they can't afford to lose. And that psychology is... All sorts of fucked up, man. And uh, I, I can empathize with that. So verbose way to say, like, how do we start, like, flipping the culture to be a little bit more about, like, the future and the tech and what's being built and, you know, the, the potential reach of how this can help folks in developing countries? You know, the idea of Ethereum as a world computer is what turned me on to this whole thing to begin with. You know, that's the stuff that really gets me excited. Something first off, I gotta say this. Uh, I there are certain conversations that I have, whether it's a spaces with a, a, a gaming ecosystem or partners with or a podcast. There's just certain ones where I just like genuinely enjoy the conversation because it doesn't feel like it's anything other than just like a conversation with a friend in Web three, <laughs> yeah. and that's exactly what this is. Um, also, I'm terrified of you taking my job. So uh, <laughs> I no, you're really good, man. You you just have really great points uh really good thoughts and that leads me to what i'm going to say now which is we have the cringiest shittiest most repulsive thought leaders in this space it disgusts me at a level that i probably can't even quite quantify when i see the people that are elevated to godlike status in web3 and i'm like those are the people that are carrying our water like those are the people that are preaching about web three do you ever hear them talk about the tech do you ever hear them talk about you know the generosity do you ever hear them talk about the innovation no it's bag pumping it's gross it is the people that we hold up high are just by the way of course there's exceptions to this like without a doubt um there are good good people in web three unfortunately um the people that we I say we, not me. The people that are looked up to, and I'm not going to name names here because I know that's not always the coolest thing to do, are they're just, they're gross. They're gross. And they, you know, they'll talk about a project and they're dumping on you from a, a you know, a burner wallet. And so at the end of the day, I think it's going to be a, a process to, to start getting thought leaders like you. Like, I'm, like, Thought leaders in Flattered. positions of influence that are like you, um, because I think if we can get to that point, we can start changing the narrative a little bit. You know, you have you have people like, like um, Zach um, XBT, like just out there. I, I I consider him or her. I'm assuming Zach is a him. I've never seen a picture of him or talked with him. Um, but like just does his thing for the goodness of the space, right? Like putting time in, which I don't even think he gets paid for that, by the way. I think he does it. Um, I, I feel like he does it as a public ser uh, service, if you will. Mm. Um, people like Coco, right? Like heart of gold. People might have their issues with Coco um, because maybe they don't understand that a lot of what he says actually just comes from a place of, of love. But anyone who knows Coco, who has interacted with Coco, uh, has seen the actions of Coco. When my wallet got compromised, he bought all of my babies. He didn't even know me, by the way. Uh, August 2021, bought all of my babies from the uh, the scammer. 
and sent it back to me. Um, And, but, but somebody like Coco, he's not at the same level as somebody like um, Ryan Carson was, even though he is at a much higher level when it comes to probably IQ, even though it comes, when it comes to, to blockchain dev side, his understanding of web three, he could probably run laps around people like that. He doesn't have the voice. And so I think when we can get people, real creators, real builders, um, real innovators that can start becoming the voice of web three that are preaching positivity, the future, I think maybe it also, maybe I'm crazy, bro. Like maybe it's possible (laughs) that this utopian idea I have that like change the thought leaders, change the culture. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe people actually want these gross thought leaders. But to me, um, 7.5 to 8 out of 10 thought leaders repulse me. And uh, I, when I looked at the uh, NFT top 100, I think it was NFT now top 100. Yeah, yeah. Right. And then you had Nicole Benham. Yeah. And I'm just like, literally, I'm looking at this list and I'm like, there is a handful of people on this list that I think should be on this list. A handful. Uh, If it was 30%, I would be surprised, but it wasn't 100%. And so I'm not saying that that's going to change the culture, but I feel like that contributes to the culture. No, I I see what you mean where like there is. There isn't one fix because there isn't just one source. It it's this it's like a truly systemic issue where like the influencers get clout, so then like these outlets want to amplify them and they don't really do journalism anymore. They just kind of look at how many followers you have and this this whole wheel kind of turns. And I, I mean I'm I'm with you. I, I I've seen it anecdotally without naming names of there are, are people that I haven't really ever seen them make anything. And it seems like the only thing that they peddle in is like social currency of everyone else saying that they're awesome. And it's like, well, that's awesome. But like, what do they, who, some people do things and other people don't do things, you know? And it's just a very odd how, how some people get elevated to this status so quickly. And when I just ask for the resume, just that, oh, I've never heard of this person. What's the credential? And to sometimes get that interpreted as like, why are you attacking me? Is like that. That's like a red flag yeah. where I come from. I, I have my resume. You can read it. I, you know what I mean? There's nothing to hide there. It is what it is. I've done yep. what I've done. It's all on LinkedIn. You can Google me. Um, I, so just stuff like that. I find fascinating. And I don't, I ask because I don't know what the answer is as someone working in the space that's been trying to chip away at marketing. The only answer I've got is just to keep fighting the good fight and, you know, having conversations like this, going to conferences. I'm actually flying to Consensus uh, right after we're done here. I'm speaking on Friday. So trying to do my part, but I I don't know what the solve is on a a wider scale, aside from just trying to rally more good people in the space. From a gaming side, we're seeing more and more IP come in, you know, Dr. Disrespect building, Maple Story, like all these like, okay, these are much bigger brands than what we've seen so far in Web3 Gaming. Um, just to know that they're excited about blockchain for my vertical, that that gets me pretty excited and bullish about the future. That you know, I don't necessarily know that it's all going to be EVM compatible, which would be my dream. But um, optimistic that blockchain is here to stay. Maybe not any specific currency, but blockchain is is not going anywhere. That I couldn't feel more confident about. Not a very bold statement either, but you know, no, no, it's great. And and honestly, it is. It is people like you. I, I hear it in in the way you speak. You obviously articulate very well. Um, you believe in the same type of core values that we believe in. You wouldn't have 
got a Genesis Kong if you didn't. Like you, you just wouldn't have. Uh, because let's be real, you're not getting a Genesis Kong right now thinking like, oh, I'm just going to get this and flip. It's usually like something you're like, it's a piece of the community that I want to own because I, I align with these people. And so I, I think at the end of the day, having people like you, speaking at consensus um that's what we need more of there was a major influencer as a great example and this is the one that i i, I probably overuse at this point but it, it just really like bugs the absolute shit out of me that um last year at vcon did not show up for a panel that that particular person was supposed to be on mm. i thought that was kind of cringy uh and then at nft nyc at radio city music hall same thing did, did not show up for that panel that that person was supposed to be on and i thought to myself do you know how many people do you know how many people would kill to be at either one of those events yeah speaking about web3 do you know how many people would kill for that opportunity and you know showed like it didn't matter because you think that you're so special that it doesn't matter like, yeah. I can just blow this off. It's And to me, that is the grossness of the influencers of Web3 who probably did absolutely nothing in real life to gain that type of, when I say notoriety or heroism, they've probably done nothing. And yeah. instead of being humble about it, um, they are, they're gross about it. They're self-absorbed. And, uh, and it, it grosses me out, to be totally honest with you. I like to elevate people who actually That's, do shit that are cool. You know, maybe that's a, a good summary, a good parting piece of advice. As I've, I mean, I'm 33, you're 40. I, I would, I'm going to guess that you're going to align with what I'm about to say. The older I get, the more effort I put into trying to be humble. To any time I, I feel that reaction, that chemical reaction in my head of like, I'm right and this guy's wrong. I try to stop myself and go, am I right? What do I actually know about this? And then, you know, like I try to challenge myself. And before I say something really egotistical, have that moment of let's check yourself before you wreck yourself. I'm a work in progress. I still put my foot in my mouth all my time, all, all the time, rather. Um, you know, all we can do is, is try to improve. But I think the quest to just be more humble and accept that the more you learn, the more you realize there's so much you don't know. And that most of us will only ever be an expert on like one or two things in our lives if we're lucky. I think to me, that's that's a great for If we could all do that a little bit better, the community would be probably a slightly better place at uh, in large. Who meant to that, man? So, so true. I wish I would have learned that in my 20s. I wish I would yeah. have, because I, I, if I would see myself in my 20s at this point, I probably would have thought like, <laughs> man, you were, you thought you knew everything. You're me so too. right. Humility, humility <laughs> goes such a long way. Uh, and that is, that's who the Kongs are. I always say, like, you can look back at my tweets. We are the humble stewards of web three. Um, the guardians, if you will, of web three, but always starting with that word humble, because that's who we want to be. And if we don't reflect that we're humble, which some people may say back in the day, there were certain people that didn't, uh, that is who we are. That's at the core of who we are as a, is a humble community that appreciates what we've been through and where we're going. And, yeah. and, uh, I think you said that perfectly, man. Yeah, really no, nice job. that's thank you so much. You're you're very complimentary. I really am, am flattered, and it's it's uh, been a great journey to be part of the Kongs. Obviously, I wish I had done it earlier, but uh, we're here now, and that's that's really what matters. Henry, man, this was awesome. I really appreciate you making some time for me and answering my lowbrow questions, but also going deep. You know, I, I've got a lot of folks uh, across a lot of communities that you know I saw like Axie Squadron, you know, just picked up a Cyber Kong uh, not that long ago, a VX. So it's been cool to see some of the other community members, you know 
check in. I encouraged him to join the Discord and just like check it out, you know, chat with some people, get a feel for it. And he ended up picking one up. So anyway, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure and super stoked for what you guys are, are building. I don't know anything about this mint, but, um, you know, I, I've been enjoying the, the Twitter leaks and slowly getting the drip. Um, they pop up in my feed pretty much every day. So feels good over here, man. You know, you're, you're hitting, the, hitting the mark for, for guys like me that are invested. <laughs> Oh, man. No, thank you for those uh, kind words. And and you know what? When we run our Twitter spaces, come up. Community would love to hear from you. I'm, I'm yeah. certain of that uh, because oh, uh, we tend to be a little bit shy, it seems. And uh, we need we need voices. We need people like you that are amplifying the message and are just down to talk Web3. So thank you for bringing me on. I had a real, real good time chatting with you. Absolutely. So uh, Henry the Grape on Twitter, folks. Find the CyberKongs Discord at CyberKongs with a Z. You probably know where to find them by now, but it's been a pleasure. I'll catch you on the next podcast. You can find all my stuff at Zayori.tv. That's right. Still the .tv domain. I'm an esports OG. I'm the only guy that's got it. We'll catch you next time. Thank you so much, folks. Bye-bye.